What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another podcast. And I'm super excited to have my first guest, Tyler. Um, thank you for jumping on, Tyler. I really appreciate it. What's up, everybody? And what's up, Frank? I mean, thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. No, no, thank you. And like I said, uh, we talked a little bit before, and I definitely am excited to just have a conversation on these podcasts. So thank you for jumping on. And just want to give you a huge shout out. You've definitely helped me significantly, especially when I was first starting everything in this social media space. You were sending me links, giving me tips. So just want to say thank you because you didn't have to do that stuff and you went out of your way to, to help me out. And I appreciate it. I know we're friends from, from college, but still, there's some people I would text that didn't go above and beyond like that. So I appreciate you. My pleasure, man. I mean, it's the least I can do. It's just kind of how I operate. You pay it forward and you end up getting reciprocated later in the end. So um, whatever you want to call it, karma or whatever, um, I don't really have a name for it. It's just mm -hmm. providing value. That's just what you do. Yep. Um, so yeah, I appreciate my it. pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, we met in college, but um, yeah, if you want to give them a quick like intro to yourself, just because I know they might know who I am and they probably still don't know much about me and I, there's definitely a lot more to go down, but just want to give yourself a quick introduction of like what you're doing now and how you got into stocks itself too. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's actually ties into exactly what I was going to say that, um, even though we met in college, you know, Frank and I both helped each other out, uh, tremendously, both in terms of what we knew, we both kind of knew different things. We both happened to study different things. I come more from a technical background. Um, I first started getting into stocks. Depends on how you would define getting into it. Mm -hmm. I started to become interested in them as a really young kid, uh, mostly because I knew that my grandfather and you know my family, even my great grandfather, were um, investing in stocks. They were, you know, my sister has. I just found it the other day in her closet, actually, believe it or not. Um, uh, some like paper stock from Disney. So that was one of wow. the first like gifts that we were kind of like. Um, What's the word I'm looking for? We were kind of like exposed to. So it was definitely in the back of my mind. I was kind of growing up because I knew it was just like a way to you know, build wealth. Mm -hmm. um, so really, but when I actually started really kind of focusing on it was, believe it or not, actually my little brother was um, studying a lot and he was trading. He was trading penny stocks and he was studying under Tim Sykes and he was doing fairly well to my knowledge. You know, he was making some money. He was learning a lot. So that definitely interested me. And I was like, Hey, you know, what are, what are you up to? Like, tell me yeah. about this. So he started to tell me about it and, um, that's really how it started. So really when I got into it, like I started saying, I was coming from a technical background mainly because I was in cryptocurrency. I started in cryptocurrency because that was kind of when Bitcoin started becoming popular again. Mm -hmm. Um, this was probably around I don't know, Frank was, what was that? Like 2015? Yeah. 16, yeah. 15. Yeah. Maybe 17 yeah. is when it popped. But yeah, right. I so think. it was kind of right before that. Mm -hmm. um, before that, it also had like a pop, but it was nothing compared to the first one. Yeah. So that was kind of when I when I got into it. Um, nice. I actually so, didn't know that that you had gotten into it that early on. That's pretty cool. I wish I got so you know. I know <laughs> we all wish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you ask me, I got in late. That's fair. No, that's cool. I actually didn't know that. Um, and I agree. I know. I feel like there's a lot. My brother has a crazy story about someone that was went to college with him and bought it as a school project, like to show his like teacher an investment in like high school. Put twenty dollars in back in like two thousand and what like eleven. Um, he's now retired and owns a bunch of apartment complexes for a school project. He was just joking around. Wow, um, that's crazy. 
Yep. One of my friends actually too in high school, um, he was telling me about it. And this was back when nobody really knew about it. Bitcoin was just kind of like the thing that drug dealers used. Like that was all we knew. And yeah. he, my friend started telling me, I remember, I remember not vividly, but specifically we were on the bus one day and he starts telling me Bitcoin, you got to buy this. And I kind of just brushed it off and never thought about it again for probably at least four years. Wow. And then that was when it kind of started to pop off again. And my brother was trading penny stocks. So it all kind of came together at the same time. Yep. So I started looking into learning about technical analysis and patterns. And um, I, I learned that many of those patterns transfer over to stocks. So yeah, that's pretty right. much my experience up till now in a nutshell. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing. And I actually, even, even though we're friends, you still even taught me something about you, which is, well, so thank you. Um, my pleasure. Always and, more to learn. Yeah, it's always. And that's actually where how this got started, where it's like you have the technical analysis background. You're even asking me a question to learn more. And you're like, hey, Frank, like, what do you think about Gap? Which is why we're here today, because they announced some pretty big news. And I'm going to be reading like the New York Times headline saying the retailer is teaming up with Kanye West and Yeezy. So it's a huge, apparently huge deal with them that's going to be introduced the first half of 2021. Um, super interested. Uh, I think it was a great idea. And I'm curious just to touch on what your thoughts were about like just briefly like that headline. What what were you what did you think when you read the headline? So as feelings, not so much about like, hey, I'm analyzing the stock and where it's going, but what do you think? Like yay or nay? I mean, yay, all, all the way. Mm -hmm. Um we'll we'll touch on what I think about in terms of like the, the stock afterwards, but in terms of a business decision. Yeah. Absolutely. Yay. I mean, I yeah. should also share too, that I just very recently got into this, but I actually flipped some of the Kanye shoes of the Yeezys just today. Actually, I just sold a pair for 37% profit, 37 and a half percent. Nice. So, um, yeah, that's a huge game. I, I remember you were telling me about it. You, I saw you actually in multiple, um, auctions or bids. You were hoping to get into like the ticket for it that one time, but yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, that's something that I, so I kind of see that from a little bit of an inside perspective as well yeah. that, um, you know, I've kind of been paying a little more attention to Yeezy and what Kanye has been doing. So when I saw that, I don't want to say that I wasn't surprised because I certainly was, but it wasn't so much as like crazy news to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and by the way, excuse me, my talk's kind of being a little crazy. If you guys hear background noise, just let me know. Um, no, so, you're good. You're here. I might be here scraping, running my back, but back and forth, but you're good. Okay. All right. As long as it's not like a disturbance, if I have nope. to, I'll put it in the other room. No, you're okay. Um, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So, I mean, really at, at first, first read, it was certainly uh wow. I mean, I didn't necessarily see this coming, but also yeah. at the same time, I'm not necessarily surprised either. I, I am very surprised that it happened to be gap. Yep. I, just because I felt like that was a little bit of a curveball. We'll talk about why it's not in a minute. Nice. Um, before before we do that, I want to actually. Um, I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are on the on the headline as well. But um, in terms of him inking a deal with a larger company, I, I'm that didn't really surprise me at all. Interesting. And I'm curious. I mean, is that going to tie into why you talk about later? Because I'm curious. Even no, you must. I didn't know that. Like I wouldn't have anticipated this going for him. So the fact that you were like, oh, I kind of expected to be with somebody, just not Gap in particular. Is there any reason why or what led you to believe that? Not really. It's just more that, I mean, 
Kanye has such a strong personal brand. I mean, mm-hmm. there's really no disputing that. He he's been a very big face, uh, you know, as a celebrity in the fashion industry as, as of recent um, for a while. Excuse me, one second. I gotta put him out of here. <laughs> go Maverick. Go nuts. Okay. Sorry. There you so, go. So, um, and Frank knows that I am a very big uh, proponent of personal brands. I, I understand yep. how powerful they are. So I'm a little biased for that, that, you know, I knew it was kind of all sooner or later. Um, also gotcha. at the same time, you know, I, I did also think that Adidas was that deal. So I didn't necessarily see another one coming. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Which but, that was yeah. blow. That, that was crazy deal too. I mean, at the end of the day. So absolutely. And yeah. even the way he structured it, which we'll get into a little bit too, cause he owns a hundred percent of it. I mean, of the easy, you know, or I believe he owns a hundred percent of it. Maybe he got, he bought, got bought in by it. Adidas, but to my understanding, he's like the owner of Easy Outright. I actually didn't know that. I'm I'm not sure, but I that's, would believe that's that. what Absolutely. I that's what I read. Maybe I'm I'm wrong because I read something about like, you know, the equity in Yeezy that he might get gap, like royalties or potentially equity, um, and like apparently which is solely owned by Kanye West. So that's something that I read in the article. Granted, I didn't know gotcha. that either, um, but that's all coming from this article by the New York Times. So. We'll see. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of like, it's not like he's making all that money that they're saying like $3 billion last year. It's probably because of the fact that he has to pay Adidas something to work in partnership. But apparently he owns that brand. How he structured it, I don't know if it's the same way like Joe Rogan, who did a very good deal as well. Keeping all the rights to everything as opposed to like some artists who maybe sign away their their work, he just licensed it out. And I'm not right. sure the, the idea with Mr. West, but I, I agree with you. Brand is strong and it makes sense and companies are going in this trend. And for some that don't know kind of what just happened, apparently signed like a 10-year deal that's going to be starting, like they said, the, um, a year from now. And it's he's apparently always wanted to be with this type of brand or even Gap himself. I was reading something that said, and I'm quoting the New York Times, says, Mr. West, who had worked at the Gap in his teens, had expressed deep interest in the brand for years. Apparently in 2015, he declared that he would like to be the Steve Jobs of Gap and once dreamed of it being of of being its head creative director. So this seems like it's been in his mind. You know, he's been, I don't know what the right we're visualizing it uh, for years now. And it's pretty awesome because I didn't know that. And I, I'm not going back to find that interview. But if the New York Times is reporting that he said that, I believe it. And it's kind of interesting. Like, what did he see in the gap and why the gap? And I would love to see his interviews about why he chose them if that ever comes out, but pretty, pretty interesting. And Yeezy themselves, I mean, valued as much as 3 billion last year reportedly by Bloomberg. So he's done pretty well for himself on top of already being like a hit, you know, hit songwriter and producer. So definitely, definitely doing really well. And there's a reason he's, you know, transcended culture and, He's one of the top names in the industry, especially when paired with his wife. That just made it ten times more because you're just you're just putting together two huge icons and just being, yep, they're together now and doing well. Knock a wood. I'm happy for them that that's still the case. Absolutely, yeah, same here. I mean, that that's actually exactly what I was going to say before about how why it ends up not being so surprising that Gap was the, the company that he ends up inking this partnership with. Mm. Um, I actually didn't know about that interview either. I, I'd definitely be interested to hear that as well. 
Um, yeah. I didn't even know that he said that in 2015, but yeah, absolutely. That he, you know, it's kind of one of those, um, one of those uh, to quote Damon John. I actually watched <laughs> a Damon John interview about this topic in particular. Yeah. Um, it's one of those kind of storybook tales. You know, he's working there as a kid. Now, you know, a decade, two decades later, he's inking a, a billion dollar 10 year partnership with them. Wow. It's like one of the stories that you want to hear. Everybody wants him to do well. Um, this is really kind of just great all around for Kanye. I mean, really great for him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, honestly, just to give everyone a review of like the the stock itself, the company, if you're not familiar with what they do, all this information is on Yahoo Finance. So I pretty much just organized it just to display that to you now. But the company is called The Gap. Stock ticker is GPS. Um, has not, no relation to actual GPSs for your car, but still, I actually didn't know that was the ticker because this has never been on my watch list. Has this ever been something you've had on your watch list? The gap? No, and it's yeah. funny you said that because I actually I had to do I did a double take. I was like, wait, GPS? Yeah. Did I click the right thing? I agree. Um, yeah. So th this is funny because, um, and let me know when you actually want me to get into the technical stuff. But in terms of like looking at this chart, it <laughs> it's not what I want to see. So no, absolutely, it's at first glance, <laughs> it's not something that would be on my watch list. No, absolutely not. Yeah. And we're about to get into that. I'm just going to give them a quick rundown of like all the things that they are involved with. And then for sure, I, I want to, I, I can imagine, I know what you're thinking, uh, especially because the chart is not ideal. But first, the Gap itself, they have apparently 130,000 employees here or there and 80,000 of them were furloughed back in March. So at the end of March, apparently uh, Fortune magazine reported that 80,000 of them, which is a huge amount of their workforce, over like 50% is not is furloughed. So granted, I'm not sure what today's numbers look like. It could be more, it could be less, but I would imagine they're probably right around there, just like Macy's just starting to open up again. Um, but overall, the company, if you're not familiar with The Gap, is an apparel, accessory, and personal care product. Um, they, they serve those products to children, women, men, and it's under different names. So you have Old Navy, Gap, Banana Republic, and then a few others I haven't even heard of, like Jenny and Jack and Hill City brands, and there's a couple other ones as well. So I was just, I was like seeing the name brands behind the actual, you know, public traded company because mm -hmm. I knew Banana Republic, but I didn't know these other ones. And in addition to all that, they have licensing agreements or franchise agreements with um, other countries. So in Asia, Europe, you know, that are using this name of Old Navy Gap and Banana Republic. So right now they have 3,345 stores and 574 of them are franchised as well as the online, but that just shows you, I mean, 3000 stores, it's people we know retail right now with like brick and mortar is definitely struggling. So that's a big exposure to that space. And I see the malls still closed and there's definitely a lot of money going out the window just because mm -hmm. of operating expenses. I'm sure they're trying to scramble to renegotiate their deals, but they've been around since 1969. So they're strong. They've had their strong stake in this country. They've been around for a while. The gap is well known, but we're talking about them today because they they did something that actually was a good move, even though they're they need it's almost like a lifeline, to be honest. It feels like because I'm not saying they're sinking ship, but the space they're in is definitely struggling and will continue to do so. And speaking about the chart, just to give a quick overview of someone not looking at it now, the five year chart, they're down sixty-eight percent in the five past five years. And the past two years is really where the majority of that loss came from. And in general, it pretty much just looks like a pair of stairs down for a couple of years is flat, went down, 
significantly and now is flat again. And there is nothing for me as far as someone that looks at a chart briefly that is interested. But I'm curious to see what you you picked up on it and maybe even more short term if there's something you're seeing right now with all this this news and it breaking up. Because in the past five days, it didn't do anything amazing, but it definitely had a spike um, around June 25th. So I'm not sure if that's exactly the date this was reported, but it went up 20% in a couple of days. It was around that day. I, I'm not sure exactly what day either, but it was definitely around then. Um, so yeah, funny enough, I actually went back even further for awesome. Gap. And I can see, um, for anyone listening, by the way, I'm using TradingView. Um, mm. It's a free website to use. This is not a, an ad or anything like that. Although, Frank, I would absolutely encourage you to, I know they have a partner program. I would encourage you to actually set that up. Then if you're listening to this and by the end, or maybe you've listened to another one of Frank's podcasts and he's provided some value to you and helped you, you know, maybe get somewhere that you didn't think you would be without his help. I would absolutely encourage you to, you know, go through his link, you know, maybe put a little money in his pocket. So, um, hmm. with that being said, trading view, I really like this because it's great for multiple markets. Um, mm -hmm. like I said, I started in cryptocurrency, so you can kind of pull up a ticker from pretty much anything. And they'll have a decent amount of data. So for Gap, they go back all the way to 76. So I wasn't really too concerned about that. What I was really wanted to see is the overall um, market structure. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And when I go back, they actually haven't been this low. Right now, it's trading at 1228 mm -hmm. at this time. It's July 5th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. So... Right now, it's trading at 1228. It hasn't been this low since about 2009. Yeah. So that's a pretty, that's a pretty long time, um, and that's obviously not a great sign. So I actually drew a su support and resistance. Um, if you don't know what that is, it's basically just a spot that happens to either be a floor or the ceiling. Um, generally, prices will either stop going up at that point or stop coming down at that point. Um, patterns just tend to repeat themselves. I can explain it to you in a million different ways, but ultimately when it comes down to it, the patterns don't lie. So really what I've seen is I drew some very basic support and resistances around the, around this level, right around 1075. Mm. Um, and if we look back when we broke that initially, when we initially broke that level, was in just about April, May of 97. So like when I was born, that that's pretty much when this started to shoot up. And from there, it just went on a straight tear. I'm looking at the monthly chart, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. I'm looking at the monthly chart. This went on a tear for 370%. Wow. So yeah, I'm looking at that. It's straight up. Like, it's yeah, didn't yeah. even didn't even stop. It, it did at one point in 98. So it basically went on a tear for pretty much an entire year. So it kept going until about April of 2000. And again, I forgot to mention this before. Um, the reason I mentioned that I was pulling this up on TradingView, I would encourage you if you're listening to actually pull this up and follow along with us so you can see what we're talking about. Um, some people are visual learners, so it would be very helpful if you can see that. So Pretty, you pretty much could have quadrupled your money if you caught that, and that would have been fantastic. However, after that, it crashed down another 77%. Mm -hmm. So you could have, you know, if you bought in at the top, 
you yeah. would have lost pretty much all your money. Yeah. Uh, but so then, that's like the dot com boom area. And then exactly. since then, it's just, I mean, from then on, it definitely, which I know you're getting into, the chart does not look good. Right. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't necessarily look bad. From then on, it kind of just went sideways. Yeah. This would be something to, you know, maybe trade a spread or mm. some options that we can, you know, that's a whole nother topic that I'm certainly no expert in. So I'm not going to talk about that. I, I'm but... a negative expert in that. <laughs> I, 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 I tried it like just doing some short term trading during this volatility and I definitely got my, uh, got some, you know, burned a little bit. So the options I haven't even tried yet, which is to be continued for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, I don't mind sharing with everybody. I am in cash. Uh, like mm. my active trading accounts, you know, I, I have investments that those are, you know, a whole nother story, but my active trading accounts, I have been in cash for as long as I can remember at this point, because I have, everything's been so volatile. Everything's been very news driven that a lot of the technical analysis indicators and patterns that I personally look for don't exactly, f they aren't exactly valid with a lot yeah. of this news driven stuff. So that in particular is especially why Frank and I have been talking much more often lately because the two of us have been able to kind of combine our, you know, combine our knowledge together and come to a consensus. Mm -hmm. So really what I, what I did see is that that same uh, support that I, that I drew around 1075, 10, 1095 um, actually got bounced off of that in 2002. And since then it's been pretty much, going sideways from 1095 to about 2240 2260 yeah so that's a pretty wide spread i mean you know if you catch that the bottom and the top every time you could pretty much double your money so that's great but in terms of the overall market structure it's really kind of just going sideways yeah I, like we want to see higher highs and higher lows in terms of an investment perspective so it wasn't a whole lot of what I would have liked to see for a long time. We yeah. finally broke that ceiling of the, the $22, $23 back in 2012 and did fairly well, shot up to $46, $46, yep. Um, But again, since then, since 2015, right where you said that, that five-year chart, since January of 2015, it has just gone pretty much straight down. Uh, lower low came up lower high and lower lows. Yep. So and I should mention also the last lower low that we've hit in it pretty much it was right around COVID-19. So um, we will take that into account that certainly the market overall didn't do very well around this time, but we crashed through that initial initial floor that I mentioned that we haven't seen since 2009. That level of you know, 1053. So we went all the way down to $5, which is a lot in terms of percentage. Yeah. You, you know, every just crashing through that, which looks like it did the, it crashed through within a month because it's just within one candle. You, you could have lost 50% of your money. So obviously that like, that's not good. <laughs> that's not what I want to see. But with this news coming in with Kanye inking this huge deal with them, Something that I think is very important too, because especially for the Yeezy brand, they've been more higher end. Um, Frank and I spoke about this earlier that, I, like I said, I actually flip the shoes sometimes because they do very well. Um, they're considered higher end, higher end sneakers, higher end clothing. 
there's very limited amounts. Supply is higher than demand. And when they drop, they make as many as they make, and then that's it. So if you get them, sometimes you can make a profit. So they haven't really had something that's more that you can just go in a mall and buy. That's something that more for like an average kind of consumer, somebody that's – because even to get these things, like I said, when they, they drop, when they drop, you need to pay attention. You need to know when they're dropping, how you can buy them. There's a lot of luck involved. Sometimes you don't get it. So they don't – Connie hasn't really had something where they, you can just go in a store and buy it. So this is a huge deal that I'm certainly considering this when I take my technical analysis into account. Also, the fact that we did just recently break back up again that that um, that level at around 1090. So if you don't know when a floor or ceiling support or resistance flips, it technically the reason we call it flips is because it technically becomes the other one. So if you break through a ceiling, that ceiling becomes the next floor. So that's generally where you can expect it to stop going down if it starts going down again, if, if that makes sense in a nutshell. Um, I know that was a pretty quick explanation, but. No, you, you so, I, I got that. I mean, I think you explained it well from the start. So it allows the people hopefully to follow along. And if not, greatest thing we talked about it before, uh, Tyler and I, Google, he's mentioning these terms like floor and ceiling and whatnot that the pictures will do it justice for sure. And hopefully if you're following along, like you said, it, it'll be even more clear as he's indicating these timelines. Absolutely. Yeah. And I should mention too, that a lot of the things that I've learned were completely for free. I learned on YouTube, uh, Twitter, just following other people. Um, one of the things that I also like about trading view that I didn't mention is that they even have a social component where you can actually post a chart and other traders that are on their platform will comment. So that's yep. super awesome too. So I really just learned by doing, that's really the best way to do it. Um, the lowest risk that you could do is paper trading to, you know, actually set up an account. You just, you don't actually put any money into it and it follows the real market patterns and you just, you keep doing that until you get you practice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You practice until you get good and you, you're doing, you know, you're doing well and you're consistently, um, you're consistently winning your trades and then, you know, you move into a, to a real account. If that's like the, if you want to go the lowest possible risk that that's really the best way to do it. So to go back to what we were saying. So basically the last ceiling is now the floor again. This level has flipped between the ceiling and the floor multiple times over the last few decades. Now I want to see it retest as the floor yep. and go back up. Yep. Um, if I don't see a retest, I mean, then this could go to zero as far as I can see. Yeah, there's, there's no really, validity to the actual chart if there's no retest. Yeah. There's really no other, like the only other support is at like $4.40. Yeah. <laughs> so there's not a lot of hope. But the thing that's very interesting about this, that is I know this sounds very negative, that we're when we're looking at this monthly chart, the five-year chart, that it doesn't look good. It, it frankly doesn't. And pun intended. <laughs> it doesn't look good. But when we go to the weekly, it's starting to look a little bit better. I use, again, I'm a technical analysis trader. I use indicators. What I use, as you've seen so far, I use basic support and resistance. I use pivot points and I put them, uh, the, the Fibonacci input. I'm not going to explain how they work because honestly, I'm not as uh, enough of an expert to explain how they work. All I know is that they do work. So, or at least they have from what I've seen. So um, I use Fibonacci pivot points. They're basically just a uh, support and resistance. It updates every, uh, let me see. It updates every 
15 candles. So 15 days, 15 weeks, 15 months, whatever you're looking at. Um, so I really like those as well. And I combine that with Ichimoku Cloud, which is a Japanese indicator that I really like. It's just dynamic supports and resistances. There's different um, aspects of it. It's basically just four to five dynamic supports and resistances, all with different settings that paint a picture as to what exactly could be happening. And I like it because when you draw a regular support and resistance, like what we were talking about, it's typically a straight line. With the Ichimoku, it moves as price action moves as well. So I really like that. Um, so one of the things that I'm seeing on the weekly is something that I like to see from this indicator. We're crossing up what's called the conversion line. And that's, like I said, it's a dynamic support and resistance. It, it's an exponential moving average, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, we just recently crossed up that. We retested it a little bit. And what happened was, like you said, the day that they made this announcement, they, they had a big spike around 15%. Overall, in terms of the overall market structure, it's nothing. It, it It's absolutely minuscule. You wouldn't even notice it. But if we're looking at the more recent time frame, it, it was a big deal. It was, like I said, 15%. And believe it or not, that candle or that wick, rather, we had that spike and it came right down and closed right around this baseline. Mm. So it's pretty much right on point. So that's something that I like to see. So we're crossing up that. And what happens is with the Ichimoku cloud is that there is another baseline. So there's a blue line and a red line. You can edit the indicator, make them whatever colors you want, but default is a blue line and a red line. So typically for an uptrend, you want to see the blue line above the red line mm. in the simplest terms as I can put it. So we were below the blue line and the blue line is below the red line. I'm looking at the weekly chart. Yep, which is so, bad. Right? Which is, that, is bad, yeah. but we just crossed above the blue line. Yep. And is this similar so, to those like um, cross of death and you know those type of? Is that the similar yes, type of? Okay. Very yeah, exactly. It's very very similar. They're, they're so SMA lines moving are, averages. Yes. Um, okay. Depending on what you prefer to use, you have different rules, different words for them. But yeah, they're really all essentially the same thing. A moving a, a lower moving average is crossing above a higher moving average, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. So. That's something that is certainly an indicator for me to start looking at it. That's something that would be something that caught my eye. Okay. Yep. It warrants the watch price. list ad now. Exactly. Yes. Price is moving above this line. Okay. So that's what I want to see. It's moving above this moving average. But however, the reason that it's called the cloud, the Ichimoku cloud, is because it creates this really cool um, picture of it creates, it combines two moving averages. And depending on which one is above or below the other, you get a, a cloud. It's either green or red. Mm. And based on previous price action, it actually will pre predict. It's not spot on. It is not absolute. Like I, I yeah. cannot express this enough. It is not 100% accurate. Just because it's Ichimoku says one thing is going to happen does not mean that it will happen. But it is one of the only indicators that I know that actually predict price action. So it's really cool that you can have an idea of where price is going to be going. Mm. So one of the things... And is it green that, by, the, by the way, or is it... Is it no, is right it, now it's red. 
Okay. So green cloud is good means it's going up. Yep. Usually. Usually. So is, to pause ahead. there for a moment, because I feel like because their chart has been so negative, how much would it have to really turn around for it to like, even if it goes up, let's say to $20, like recently, like it needs enough of that at that type price to continue to go up to make it like, Hey, like it's not, it'll, you know, the SMA lines and the moving averages, it'll be touching or above those all the time until a certain point, maybe year, six months, a certain timeline where it's, you know, earned the right to like say, Hey, the trend is now this way to reverse what it's done previously. Cause like, there's a lot of bad baggage to come along with it. Absolutely. And that's actually funny that you mentioned that now, because that's a good point that I should mention with the cloud. Um, as the trend gets stronger, whether it's an uptrend or a downtrend, the cloud gets bigger. Mm. So yep. for an uptrend, you get a big green cloud, a very strong uptrend for a very strong downtrend. You get a big red cloud. So on the monthly and the weekly charts, we're looking at some big red clouds, <laughs> like not things that I want to see at all in terms of like from a bullish perspective. I do not want to see that. So exactly like you were saying, for us to even get into the point that could really potentially be a strong uptrend, we need to see a solid. It's hard to say. Exactly how much, it, but it, it needs depends on when. It depends on when. Yeah. If it's going to be soon, within the next say six months, um, according to this indicator. Again, this is not, you know, this this is not um, definite. According to this indicator, if it's going to be in the next six months, we're going to need to see a significant like forty percent surge. Like you said, around around at least twenty dollars. Um, if it goes a little longer, we you know it might be a little easier. Um, because there will be a little less resistance, I I believe, just mm. because it'll have more time to, you know, the buyers and sellers will kind of have more time to just kind of be shaken out. Yep. But otherwise, really on these two, the monthly and the weekly charts, they're looking extremely bearish. The one that I find the most interesting is the daily. And there's really not much of a surprise there because the news just recently came out. So yep it's going to reflect in much more recent charts, but the daily chart, that's where we're really seeing some bullish indicators with the Ichimoku. So one thing, for example, the, the red and the blue line that I mentioned, the blue line is above the red line. We cross through the Ichimoku cloud. Typically, if you cross through the cloud, it's a, it's a good, because throughout the entire cloud, there's tons of supports and resistance. Um, Generally, there's usually a lot of buyers and sellers just throughout that entire range. So there's a lot of back and forth between those. Um, some of the the traders that I actually studied on YouTube, for example, when I was learning about Ichimoku, uh, many of them actually even had rules that they don't even they will not touch a trade that's where price action is inside the cloud because there's just a whole lot of volatility. But typically, okay. if you can, if the price goes whether um, through the cloud up goes from below the cloud to above or above from below, it typically indicates a strong trend. So even one of the things that I find the most interesting before this news was even announced on the daily, there was a fairly strong uptrend for Gap. They surged about 40% um, from, let's see, from May, May to June. 
So again, it kind of makes sense. It was a little bit with the recovery from COVID. So that could have something to do with it. But that's when we first broke above the cloud. So that's very, very important. I know if you don't, if you're listening and you're still confused, which absolutely if you've never heard about Ichimoku Cloud before this, you should be confused. It's a somewhat complicated thing to learn. But once you get it, um, this is very, very important. This is something that's, that absolutely catches my eye. Mm. So while we still have a red cloud, we're very close to crossing over to a green cloud. We're sitting at a very strong floor with my with the Fibonacci pivot points right around 1218. That also lines up directly, corresponds exactly with the line of the cloud, the, the border of the cloud. So that's really what I look for when I combine these different supports and resistances, whether it's the ones I draw myself, the different ones that the Ichimoku cloud indicates, different ones of the pivot cloud, the yep. pivot points rather, pivot points indicate. I look for confluence. I look for things that they can clearly multiple th- multiple um, indicators are telling me the same thing. That's yeah. genuinely a good sign. So, so I have to ask. I'm curious. Like, what would your play be like right now? Obviously, we talked about hey. It's now become something you might put on a watch list. But what is your play overall as far as like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. If it t- does that double touch, like to give someone a kind of an action plan, if they liked what you said, and while you're not giving financial advice, you're just saying, hey, this is how I would play it. What would be your plan of action if you were to make a short-term or a long-term trade on this? And like, what, when would you be like, hey, this is a good time to buy in your opinion? That's the funny thing because in terms of a trade, from you know what I have always done up to this point, technical analysis, trade, get in and out, um, because trading is very different from investing. Yeah. Um, trading, you typically have an exit point. You know that you're not staying in here for the long for the long haul. You are getting out at a certain point. Um, as a trade, I probably or, or get is into a, this. Or as a long term, I mean. So I guess you're, that's right. Where your right. I'm going to get yeah. into that. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. get into that. As a trade, I, I wouldn't get into this. I agree with you. Because there's not enough this. to support. There's too many other good things that have great technicals that will support actual buys as opposed to something that's actually hurting on a balance sheet perspective. And on top of that, the charts are, like you said, red, red, and more red. Right. It's the lower charts. I don't want to go lower than four hours because I want to go. I don't want to go lower than the four-hour chart because we are talking – with much more of a um, a longer term play here, yeah. So that's why I'm not going lower. But even I'm actually looking at the four hour chart now, and we actually already had a cross from a green to a or rather a red to a green cloud on the four hour chart. The four yeah. hour chart is looking fairly healthy for a bullish perspective. So really, in terms of in terms of a trade, I would not really be looking at this unless it was very very short term. Okay. Um, where I just wanted to kind of ride the wave of this news. Um, but That's fair. Yeah. it's just, it, it would be a little too volatile for me. But in terms of an investment that I know, you know, many of your, many of your listeners are going to be more focused on in terms of an investment. I am very interested in this. Absolutely. I mean, with all the things that we spoke about before with Kanye being such a strong brand that there's a lot of potential here. Um, for you know a, a a new market for both Gap and Kanye, uh, this is definitely huge. a big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, it's huge, it's huge. Yeah. So 
I mean, I might even be adding some of this to my portfolio. Uh, wow. Not a not a strong amount because there's a lot of there's a lot of volatility here that I don't like. Yep. Um, and I mean, on that, just not sorry to cut you off, just about because I know we talked about and like you're a big proponent of brand. Like, I'm curious as from a brand perspective, like how like do you think the supply and demand, which you spoke about earlier, like created or helped or hurt the Yeezy brand overall that they had? Granted, they needed to have a good product and all that, but strictly how they offered their products up to customers, do you believe that that model helped them or hurt them as far as creating that supply and demand? And in the end of the day, like the the numbers spoke for themselves, they obviously are doing well, but do you think that was a big proponent of why their brand is so strong is that might've been something that at like a one log on the fire, but there was also like a good product and Kanye West behind it as well. But do you think that I that think model? the latter? Yeah, I, I think that it, it's certainly a log on the fire. It, it certainly is a factor. Um, and how do you, you know, think it will change now? Do you think it will be diluted, or do they create a strong enough brand that because now they'll they'll get into this not mass market, but like the average consumer can now can personally? I'm not waiting online for a shoe, and I'm not waiting online in my on my phone for a shoe. That's just me. But now that it becomes mass marketed or not marketed, but mass to the consumers. Granted, I can imagine things will change. There's no way they're going to just put the Yeezy shoe that we have limited amounts of now just blasted out for everybody, but maybe older versions. Not sure what's looking to look like, but do you think they've now built up a substantial brand enough to now be able to make this play to the, the next sector of more and more people? Actually, I believe, and I could be very wrong about this, but I believe that it's going to be separate. I think it's actually going to be a separate brand. Wow. So I think it's actually going to be Yeezy working, Gap is wow. a whole nother thing. So that's why that's why I, I think like it's that even, even more. more powerful. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that, it's like a collaboration. Right. Right. Absolutely. So that hmm. the Yeezy brand is still kind of doing its own thing with the exclusivity um you know kind of answer your question before that. I mean, there's certainly pros and cons um as to you know how it could have been done um how it could have been done better. But ultimately, um, I do think that what he was going for, an exclusive kind of luxury, but not too luxury so that people can afford it if they really want to. Yeah. Um, when I say people, I mean, you know, like everyday people um, can afford it if they really want to. You know, for, you know, $300 shoes, uh, that's yeah. maybe more that's than a privilege. is yeah. necessary. But I agree. $300 isn't out of reach for a lot of people is yep. my point. Yep. Um, Just like the Jordans. We can all talk. We, I mean, that's been proven in exactly. history. Like everyone saved their money for the one or six months. They could buy every six months. They could buy a new Jordan for $150. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what he was going for. I think he was looking to compete with the kind of Jordan Jordans of the footwear industry. Yeah. Um, so I definitely think that, you know, I, I don't know, like I, I don't know what Kanye West is thinking. I'm certainly no expert on Kanye West. I've never, like, I was never a big follower of him before any of this. So I don't really know, but, um, from what I can see, I mean, it certainly looks like, you know, like you said, the numbers speak for themselves. I mean, Yeezy is doing very well. Um, and it seems like this is just another play for them. Yeah. Where they're already doing well with their exclusive, um, more higher end Yeezy. And now Yeezy Gap is the, um, I, I guess, to, to compare it to actually Nike and Jordan. You know, there's Jordans, which yep. obviously it's a partnership with Nike, but they yeah. are, you know, yeah. they, depending on how you think about it, they are essentially Nikes. But then there's also regular Nike Dunks, regular yep. Nike shoes that you could buy. 
Yeah. Um, so I think it's kind of something similar with that where there's Yeezys and now there's Yeezy Gap yep. where it's just going to be accessible to everybody in the mall. You can just order it online. You're not going to have to worry about um, waiting for this, waiting for these things online. Um, absolutely. Because most people aren't going to do that. Yeah. Even some people, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell some of my friends like, like, oh yeah, I got to make some money. I'm like, oh dude, shoes dropping this weekend, easy flip, just get them. Like even yeah, people they that don't... they see a profit in it, they still just don't want to do it. So yeah, I totally, point. you know, people are just looking to buy shoes and they don't really care about like what, because people are passionate about, about different things. Everybody's yeah. different. Some people are passionate about shoes. It's a, it's a fashion accessory and yeah. that's something that they really care about. Um, but people that don't care about that Are not aren't gonna going be, to be – they're yeah. not going to be waiting in lines. They're not going to be um, online pull, pulling up 10 tabs on their computer trying to get these shoes that there's only 5,000 pairs and there's you know 10 million people trying to buy them at the same time. Yeah. So – And I'm curious. It's definitely a very, very, very big move and I'm very interested to see how it turns out. Yes. I'm curious like as far as a brand like or just in general like – do you think the mass market, like people, the consumer, are more connected to celebrity or brands? Meaning, like, are they pe like people connected more to, let's say, Calvin Klein, or are they connected more to, to Kanye West? That's actually a really good question. Um, I believe that in the past few decades, I mean, you know, I'm I'm only 23 years old. I can't say from experience, from like, yeah, from what I've from what I can see, um, from research that I've done in the past few decades. Um, it has been more about brand. People trusted larger companies, um, and there nobody really thought about it that much. It was oh, it's a large company. Um, they must kind of be telling the truth. They they must uh, be. They, I really don't even know how to put it into words. Yeah, it's just essentially brand, yeah. there was just more trust around a larger brand. Yeah. But especially since this whole social media wave, um, people are more. Uh, exposed really people are more much more vulnerable into their own selves uh, like their own individual selves um yeah in opposed to just companies so i definitely think that we're moving more in the direction yep. of personal brands and people and celebrities like kanye west um i definitely think I companies agree. and brands will always have their place yeah um but maybe behind. And we're certainly, yeah, we're certainly not at that point where it's maybe one or the other. But I definitely think we're moving in the direction. Yeah, because I, I personalities feel, totally agree, and I feel like it's because, and I might be wrong, but like the idea of I can see myself in a Kanye West much more than I can see myself in just a Calvin Klein billboard. Like it means nothing to me. Like it's a person that is representing the brand, and then it allows me to connect with him or not based off just who he is and who I am and. The more people you have, like being your spokesperson, so to speak, or brand ambassador, the larger of an audience you'll have that are strong because you're kind of attaching yourself in a collaboration mode of like, hey, they like us, we like them, and now their followers are. And there's a lot of ways that this is being done in general, not just with big billion dollar companies and great celebrities or just celebrities in general. Um, we see it all the time on simple podcasts like right now, where people are collaborating and like our our viewers will cross pollinate same with YouTube and it's just a smart tactic. Granted, the, these are a little bit more structured and a little bit more ink signing, so to speak. So there's definitely a lot more of sense of that marriage, but I think it's for me, it goes down to like, Hey, I can connect more with somebody as opposed to just an overall, like Nike. Like I connect to like Usain Bolt and that's why I like Nike or Cristiano Ronaldo. That's why I like Nike. Um, and that's not, 
I'm not saying actual thing, but like Usain Bolt to me was someone that like he obviously I liked him as a person. Like seemed like a dude, awesome dude, showed up, did the job he was supposed to do as far as what he put his dream towards. And I was like, I I would love. I mean, I don't know many people that don't like like him. So um, them getting behind that makes me connect with Nike more. And I feel like Nike has done it really well, which you had alluded to with Jordan getting the face of athletes on there and not just athletes, just the face of people in front of their brand and then ending with the, just do it. Absolutely. I mean, if we're talking, you know, that's funny that, that we're talking about Michael Jordan. Actually, I just watched recently. Oh, the, I know the documentary. Um, with Amazing. The Last Dance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. And really Michael Jordan was one of the first athletes to really do that, to yeah. become um, a personality. And yep. that's why the Jordan brand is so strong to this day because he was one of the first people to do that. Yep. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, really, depending on how you look at it, since the days of Michael Jordan, we've been kind of moving in this direction towards it's not not that it's more about the individual, but people tend to relate more to somebody that you know they can see that it's another person, it's another human being. Yeah, exactly. And to, to kind of like wrap up the conversation of the gap and in general, like when looking at their, the fundamentals, which is something that over the years, that's kind of, I have this little checklist I kind of run through for my podcast and then it ends up being something I use for my investing as well. Um, nice. And the funny thing is it's like six questions. It takes me 10 minutes and I can go in deeper if I choose to on per question, but it gives me a quick snapshot of like where are they right now and what's the kind of current state of them. And last quarter, which they announced six, four, so June 4th, 2020, they got annihilated based on what their numbers were. So they reported a negative 2.51 earnings per share loss. They're expecting a negative 0.65. So it's negative 286% surprise. So not good on their part for a company. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because while they do have a nice like storyline and the fact that it's 2021 even pushes this out even further, which makes my point even more, not prominent, but like more impactful is that they are still a struggling business. And as far as an invest in the long term, just my opinion on it, it's like, this is a great opportunity to just track what they do. And just because Kanye signed a deal today, yeah, the fact that it went up 20% is laughable only for the reason it's the same way with the Joe, like the Spotify, like how it jumped up, you know, fought, I forget the exact percentage, but they, it went up $4 billion in market cap because they signed Joe Rogan. Their their company didn't change at all. Their outlook for how they will will be in the future has changed. And it's the same for Yeezy, or not Yeezy, excuse me, Gap in my opinion. Like they signed with a deal with Yeezy. Amazing. I love that business strategy. It's actually forward thinking as opposed to just saying, no, we'll figure it out. I'm like keep doing what we do. But they still have to get through all this year and half of next year just to get that all started. And then we'll start to see the benefits of this collaboration, which is a long play. So I'm even curious to maybe see, they might be reporting even worse numbers next quarter. Cause granted this, this quarter was pretty bad from a number and fundamental standpoint, but next quarter might be even worse, which then will give opportunity to buy in lower. Now, how you would choose to take this approach, like your approach is up to you. Like it's still low in comparison to five years ago. So if that's the play you're making, go for it. But an interesting part is that I think they have, like a market cap of, and I just closed the the link, so I, I wish I didn't close that. But their market cap isn't very high; it's like maybe ten billion, and their their revenue is nothing amazing either. And their gross profit, I think, was six billion last year, full year. 
I mean, the fact that Yeezy is at three billion, like it just shows you, like Yeezy came out of nowhere, started recently, and then you have the gap since 1969. So the fact that they're even in the same ballpark, just kind of showing you, well, the advantage, the upside is that wow, if these two spark and get something going, there's a lot of upside because they're not. A little change can make a big difference for where they're at, but the fact that they're the news came out now, which helped the stock price, but is it going to help them fundamentally for the next year? I don't really see how, um, but I'm excited to see what happens. And personally, I'm not sure what approach I would take for it. I, I funny enough, I don't own the stock. I own Macy's, and I did that five years ago. It went up to like forty. I felt like a genius, and then it went down. Now it's not doing well, um, and. Would I rather switch into the Gap? I can't say. I mean, I'm still holding Macy's. I like I like Macy's as just far as because I'm holding it, not because I bought it as a long-term investment. I would not recommend going out there and buying tons of Macy's, but I might buy the Gap, even though, I mean, it's going to be a very small percentage of my portfolio because they are not what I expect as far as what I want in a company. But just food for thought and feel free, you know, please, Tyler, comment on anything I just said there. I know I said a lot, but what are your thoughts and kind of that projection out and overall you know the fact that it might be a little while till they get get their their ball rolling here and to just pause for a moment i just did a quick search i didn't realize they actually have a new ceo who was the ceo of old navy before and now just became the ceo of, of gap in march 2020 so always big news when a ceo is you know then that office sweet spot or the sweet office suite changes um right. Apparently, she's won like many That's awards, great places to work. So like 2016, 2017, 2018, won these awards that she made her company was named a great place to work. So I think the fact that the, the this deal with Yeezy came through and then also the CEO change, I have to read a lot more about her and her background because I don't know who she is personally, but I like that. And she probably didn't have much of a say as far as this decision because it happened just a couple months ago. And I'm sure this deal doesn't just take overnight to do, but right. really impressed to learn more about her because at the end of the day, you could have a great ship, but if they have the wrong captain driving the ship, you're just going to turn into the Titanic and hit an iceberg. No offense to the gentleman that did do that, but he, there was a great ship <laughs> and he hit an iceberg and it, it went down. So yeah. I'm excited to learn more about her. That's Absolutely. a huge part that everyone should now take into consideration. Just be like, how has she been? And from a quick search, I give her a double thumbs up from what I'm seeing right now. She definitely seems she's earned the right to be here. And I would love to see what her decisions were and are going forward. Right. Yep. I mean, this, this kind of ties into what I was actually just going to say right before you realize that, uh, um, to answer your question that really what this kind of comes down to for me is to quote what you said before. It's, it's a forward thinking play from gap, especially now, um, with this, with the new recent CEO factor, um, in terms of like what I would do here, I mean, I don't know what to think really. That, that's that's what it comes down to. Neither I don't do know I. What to you think. could probably um, buy now and actually do well. Like long term, right, technically, really, the answer is always buy now if you, in the long term. If, if you're really right. always thinking long term, <laughs> it's like, hey, yeah. I if you think then. the company's going to do well, I mean, it doesn't matter what happens between, yeah. between now and then. So, really, from what I'm seeing, I'm going to say that this is a gamble and I'll explain why mm. the downside is, I mean, everything that we would typically look at yeah. from a trader and an investor's perspective, yeah. um, everything up to now has not looked very good. 
Great point. Um, the charts haven't looked very good. Their numbers aren't looking very good. So that's really the downside. The downside is like everything that our experience and brain is telling us. Great point. Yeah. <laughs> that we should not be doing this. I sort of pause that for a moment. You're totally right. And I like how you like, because if we eliminate the idea that this news came out, let's CEO still there, like new CEO, fine. But like the news that just came out of Kanye, if we remove that, like how do we look at the company now? Still the same way. Hey, everything's drag, dragging down. But I like what you said because that, exactly. that's a good point. But the thing is that this is such a big deal. Like yeah. it's projected to be a billion dollar, a billion dollar business, Yeezy Gap alone. And if they're doing six billion, that's a huge percentage of the revenue. Yep. What happens at Yeezy Gap is absolutely going to be driving decisions yeah. as to what happens at Gap Inc. in general. Yeah. So with that being said, I mean, this is absolutely a forward-thinking play. Um, it's a gamble in the sense that you know, there's a lot of things that are telling me not to get into this. Mm -hmm. um, but when we're thinking about the future, and there's a lot of potential here. Um, absolutely, I do see, you know, there's if if this goes well, it will go very, very well, I believe, really. Because, I mean, even when I'm looking at this, um, if we start trending up again from a technical side, we're looking at at least from today, uh, a 40% gain, 30, 40% gain. If we get up to, um, and I know these numbers are going to excite everybody. Don't get into trades without knowing what you're doing. Um, it, we're looking at that uh, support and resistance that we were talking about that um, was a floor, became a ceiling back in 2017. That's an 80% gain. And yeah. the thing that's so, the, the thing that's so um, important about this is that there's not a lot of resistance in between those points. Like the reasons why I'm pointing those out as potential targets is because there hasn't been a lot of price action in between there in the past. Yeah. Pretty much those have been the points that we, we've either just gone into free falls or it's just shot straight up. Yeah. That's so, a great point. If, yeah. if it breaks that 22, if it breaks that 22, um, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just want to finish no, this thought good. that if it breaks that 22, you know, we could see all, maybe not all time highs, but it's, it's possible. We could see back to, you know, the highs of 2017, maybe $35. And it, if it goes back above there, we're looking at all time highs of 45. So that's essentially how this could possibly play out. Also, it could fall down to the most recent support back yep. in, or let me rephrase that, not the most recent, um, the only one lower than we're looking at right now, the only one lower back from the nineties, which was about $4. And if yeah. that falls through, you know, this could potentially go to zero. Yeah. So there's very high risk, very high reward here. Um, not mm -hmm. something that I would normally look at or advise someone to do, yeah. but, um, I certainly will be keeping my eye on it. I, yeah. I can tell you that much. I will be keeping my eye on it. Um, I will very likely be putting a portion of my portfolio, very, very small, very, very small. Um, in this, like yeah. few shares, few yeah. shares. No, I, I um, agree. A few shares of gap, maybe just to see what happens. Um, and I, to and, be honest, you know, once you buy something, that I'm comfortable with losing. Yeah, I, it's funny. Once you buy something, I end up realizing you watch it a lot more. So it's like the couple share game made me realize, hey, like once you because you, you're tracking it because now your money's in it. You start to really look at it. Well, you can still do this without having your money in it, but then it gives you like a, 
wow, okay, they're at 11 today. Or I look at stocks every day. So the ones I, I own, I look at every day as well, more so than just the, the ones that maybe are on my watch list. And my watch list, to be honest, might be 200 stocks and I don't look at each one each day. So, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, interesting. it's t- you know, it's typical human behavior. You, you have something to lose yeah. when your money's in it. So yeah. of course you're absolutely going to be paying more attention to it. Yeah. And I see as far as the chart, like we also have to realize that, I mean, and you, you were alluding to everything. I, I agree everything you said, like the fact that if you take away the coronavirus, which definitely impacted their business, which is why this downslide happened. I mean, they were, they were comfortably at where they were just six months ago at riding this $17 an hour price of, you know, very comfortably granted they had dropped down from 30 and it could be that they averaged out like right now it's like $21. If you just probably push the chart out as far as the average, they, they probably would be at $21 a share. Now that has nothing to do with fundamentals, probably not too much to do with technicals as I'm, I'm literally just looking at a chart and just pointing out a number that looks like it would be an average for the past 10 years. But I think it is something that is interesting to look at. And with all the things going on, there could be a pretty interesting journey for the gap. And they have a lot of things to prove, but they definitely have the floor space to get this. I mean, to be honest, if I was them, I'd make some stores fully just the the easy concept. Um, We'll see. I mean, I don't know how big their stores space are everywhere, but some of the stores are really, really big. And I granted right. what I just said actually probably is a bad idea because you can't just do all easy. That's just overloading everybody, but, and bothering the consumer. They're like, I'm not coming back anymore. I used to like gap. You got to slowly introduce it, but there's we'll a long, do some pop-ups. Yeah. There's definitely a long way to go, but I'm excited for them as well. Um, so I just want to say thank you for jumping on and also posing the question at the end of the day, this all started because you asked me a question and we jumped on and I have to hopefully, uh, I'll be optimistic thinking that most of my, you know, people that DM me or any guests that do jump on, um, on my DMs will be open to maybe having this dialogue. Cause at the end of the day, we're all learning from each other. And I hope maybe I can get someone else that, you know, ask me a question about a stock to say, like, let's, let's both talk about it. Cause clearly you're the one that brought it up to me and have some insight as well. So I just want to say, thank you for jumping on. I know you have a couple of different Instagrams, so Feel free to shout out the one that you would want someone to go follow you at. I will also put that in the bio. So if you feel comfortable, like I would tell anybody if they heard what he said and were like, hey, what did he mean here? What was the spelling on Oki? Um, I'm not even sure how to use it. The Ochi, the, the Japanese. Um, Ichimoku. Ichimoku. Feel free if, if you're open to it, Tyler, to offering that. Like if someone wants to DM you, just asking what that was. Grant, I know you're not yeah, trying course. to be Google Absolutely. for them, but. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Let, feel free. We'll, let, let's yeah. make this rule. Google it, and if you can't figure it out, then send me a message. Love it. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, to be honest, you could probably just Google like something with what he you thought he said, and then stock chart, Japanese stock chart, and I'm sure it'll come up. But right, it probably would. But yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm happy to help anybody um, because that's you know the, the only reason that I I know what I know is because other people were willing to help me, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I mean thank you for having me. I, I mean you gave me the opportunity to um, to even to pick your brain on this that because that's what i wanted you you gave me the opportunity to say hey what should i talk about this week and i was like hey this whole easy thing's happening i'm looking at tentacles and they look awful yeah and i'm <laughs> looking look at fundamentals good. they look awful like that's yeah the so i was like i want to hear what frank has to say so this was just this was just great it really worked out for everybody um but my my final thought though that i want to that i want to kind of leave everybody with is that i'm just thinking before i get into um you know how they can reach me is that 
with COVID, with um, a lot of this um, social media waves and technology, we're seeing, we're moving into an era that is nothing like anything that humankind has ever seen before. Um, you know, not to be like dramatic, but really that's the way it is. Like a lot of the things that we've looked at up until now are not going to be the same moving forward. So that's something that we really need to consider as well that, Hey, I mean, maybe this might be like the turning point for gap. Yeah, sure. They've done, you know, they, they've done fairly well as a company. Um, how they've done it as a stock depends on who you ask. Um, yeah, but ultimately we're going into an era that this is nothing unlike anything that, that we've seen before. So it's going to be very difficult for anybody to say what's going to happen. So ultimately, I mean, this is a play that it's, do you believe in the future of gap in this company? Um, of, you know, of gap of Yeezy gap of, um, this new CEO. And that's really it. If, if you believe in the future, then in the future of this company and the future of these brands, then this could be an excellent time to get into this. If you don't, and you're looking for more of, you know, like strict rules, you're like, you're basing things on the past, what's worked before, um, then, you know, maybe not. So I definitely wanted to, to leave them with that. Um, yeah, no, thank you. And I agree. My pleasure. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can reach me. Um, I'm on pretty much every social media, YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Tyler Meehan. My last name is spelled M-E-E-H-A-N. My Instagram is at real Tyler Meehan. Uh, my Twitter is real Tyler Meehan. Uh, my YouTube is Tyler Meehan. So you can find me pretty easily. Uh, my website's also under construction, realtylermeehan.com. Um, actually, Love I believe that. I might have, I think I, I think I got tylermeehan.com. Uh, I was trying to get that domain. I think I got tylermeehan.com. I got to confirm that. Um, but either way it's under construction. So you can pretty much reach me in any, any of those ways. Um, awesome. And, uh, just FYI for my, my YouTube and most of my content is more generally around kind of just what I do. Um, I, uh, I studied under Dan Locke. I'm a closer. So a lot of my content is tailored around just business, um, clo closing sales and investing as well. Um, just everything that I study really is just wealth creation and uh, financial confidence and financial independence. So anything about that, um, you can find something, you know, something in, in, um, in my pages and my channels. Wow. Love it. Thanks. Thanks for including that. Cause I know, um, other than just what you do now and just talked about now, it's, there's still a whole other side and many other sides. They're like pretty much what you said you do there. And then, and more, there's a lot to you and I appreciate you. And I don't know if you think you, there's anything else you wanted to add, but I mean, on mine, it's been a pleasure speaking to you and I'm, I'm super happy. I feel like we might have left the investors like more down on like in a mixed feeling like, hey, like things aren't looking well for Gap. But overall, it's like this, this news is with the potential to be super positively impact them positively. So I'm sure some people are like, oh, why am I going to touch this stock? But um, exactly. That's the thing. And if you're if you're in a position where that's how you're going to be, if you're like, I don't know if I should touch the stock, you should don't. not touch the stock. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, just don't. Um, yeah. because this is something that, you know, it, absolutely it, it's mixed feelings, you know, typically as traders and investors, we look for, you know, think what does Warren Buffett say? First rule, don't lose money. Second yep. rule, don't lose money. Yeah. So good point. Really, What we're looking for is we're looking for, cause nobody has concrete facts unless you're doing insider trading and that's illegal. So <laughs> nobody has concrete facts as to exactly what's going to happen. 
So really all we can do is get as close to 100% sure as we can. Yep. Um, this is one of those plays where either direction, up or down, very, very far from 100% sure. Nobody yeah. really can be sure. So that's why it's risky either way. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to make and there's a lot to lose. So it's absolutely, in that sense, a gamble. Um, if if you're not sure about this, absolutely. I mean, don't get into this. Um, if you're not if you're not willing to lose, if you're not willing to lose money, don't get into this. Um, like if I put any money into this, it will be something that I am willing to lose 100%. Of yeah. course, you know, good trading habits. I, I of course will not let it go to zero and I'll set stop losses, but they're going to be, they're going to have to be very wide stop losses because there's just so much volatility here. Great. So point. yeah, ultimately whatever I put in is going to be money that I am willing to lose. If it goes to zero, I am not go like, it's not going to catch me off guard or be out of my plan. Yeah. So, yeah. um, that's something that's very important. Never get into, I cannot stress this enough for anybody. Frank already knows this. Um, you, I cannot stress this enough. Do not get into a position buying or selling whatever it is because somebody told you to, yep. uh, it's very, very important to learn yourself. If you want to get into stocks and you want to trade and you don't want to pay a financial advisor or professional, learn how to do it learn why people are making these decisions not just the fact that they are because you know there are tons of great alerts out there like newsletters you can sign up for and they'll send you emails and they'll tell you what to buy and what not to buy but ultimately you're not really learning anything if you don't know why you're buying and why you're selling even yeah. if you end up making money that would be great but like you still don't know why you did it so it's very very important to understand why you're making these decisions and how you can make them in the future so that you feel confident doing it in th so you feel confident when it comes time to make the decision yourself. So, yeah. you know, if Frank and I didn't do that, we wouldn't be able to sit here today and actually talk about this and try to figure this out and tell you what we would be doing. So uh, I really can't stress that enough. You know, it, whatever you're going to do, it, you have to have a plan. Yep. Um, you have to know what you're getting into and you have to set rules. You have to set rules when investing in trading. Um, <laughs> whether it's rule number one, don't lose money or, whether it's rule number one, set a stop loss. Those are yeah. two very good number one rules. So you absolutely, whatever it is, you have to have a plan. You have to have rules that you're going to follow. Um, and that that's really it. No, I, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You have to have a plan. You have to have rules. There's no I, if, ands, or buts. I love that you added that. And just to just kind of just throw my, not two cents, but my, my two cents in the, the hat you've created because I love what you said. And I agree. You definitely want to have a plan. It just eliminates any, eliminates emotion just going awry because now it hopefully is contained in this plan that you have which emotions will happen unless you, there's very few people i know that won't get emotional about money and, and that's the most difficult thing i don't, I don't mean to interrupt you but that no, is please. by far the 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 most difficult thing in trading yep. is overcoming your emotions yep. any any veteran trader will tell you that and i'm no veteran trader i'm just telling you i'm repeating their words like they they said it to me and i'm, t I'm saying that yeah. to you yeah, <laughs> yeah. um uh, any veteran trader will tell you that the biggest thing to overcome is your emotions because anybody can tell you, like I said, a lot of these patterns when it comes to technical analysis um, and also fundamental analysis, there's general rules that based on what has happened in the past patterns play out and they happen again. Yep. History repeats itself. Yep. It's it just that it, like, I can't explain it to you why it, it just, the proof is in the pudding. It just happens. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, anyway, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, no, I totally agree. And the last cent I was going to throw in there out of my two cents is the fact that if, like he had said, since this is not something you feel super certain about, there's really two approaches that go here. One, 
find something that you are, do feel more certain about because there's great thing about stocks. There's a lot of them. So that is one approach, you know, just don't choose this one, choose something else or the field of diversification. If you have a low certainty level on this particular stock, but higher is another one, but you have this like, Hey, I want to try this inkling of curiosity, diversify. Don't allow yourself to be fully in this. You should never be in one stock in general, in my opinion, fully, or just not saying just one stock, but I think it's actually, I talked on last podcast, impossible to be fully diversified. And it's also impossible to be not diversified at all. The second any money hits your bank account, it's like, oh, well, now it's not all in one pot. But the idea I was trying to make is, or the point I was trying to make is, you have two, two options. Don't buy this at all and choose something you feel more certain about. Or if your certain level is feeling low, diversify, throw some, like as we, while we both don't own the stock now, like as we're maybe planning to do as far as our portfolio is to diversify into this because we see some type of potential. But take that advice as you would. It's not financial advice. You can either do none of those. I don't even know if there's a third option, but uh, from either don't buy or or maybe buy. But um, I guess it would be to keep watching it. Yeah. Or keep watching. There we go. Yeah. Just which to be honest, I don't know about you guys. I need definitely need to come up with a better way to have a Actually, I already know my better way, but I need to create a watch list within and then folders within those watch lists because to be honest with you, having 201 one folder is not efficient. I might need to divide those out by industry, but dude, trading view does that, man. Got it. See, I should, like you said, I'm gonna <laughs> I use it too, which is funny to make my 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 you charts. You can color code them. You can color code them. I will I will now have to first off partner with them and figure out that. So thanks for alluding to it. And Tyler, it's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you'll come on again sometime because I think the amount of information and value provided, you over-delivered and I appreciate it because you, you definitely didn't have to and you came prepared. So I appreciate it. And just in general, your conversation, your insight is is something I value. So I appreciate you. I, I would love to. I, I would be honored to be on here again. And I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. I mean, th this is fantastic. Th this is a win-win for both of us. Uh, we have this conversation every time. I want to hear <laughs> yeah. what you have to say. You want to hear what I have to say. So this is just great for both of us. Um, and if you know we can do this in a way that's kind of public and other people can hear what we have to say too, that's even better. Yep. Um, so, you know, absolutely. That, that's awesome. And um, just to say, you know, I know I went over a lot of things that uh, for some beginners that are kind of just getting into this, a lot of the indicators and a lot of the supports and resistances that I mentioned probably went right over your head, um, probably have information overload, got really confused. Um, I just want to say that it ends up being much more simple as time goes on. Um, it sounds very confusing in the beginning, but it really ends up being much more simple. Um, all it just takes a little time and research and, and some yeah. studying. So um, ultimately you know, anybody can get to this point. Like I am, yeah. I, I am very far from an expert. Anybody can get to this point. Um, yeah. and if you really do want to, you know, if you feel that you really are interested in this, but you know, maybe, um, you're, you're a little hesitant that you, know, maybe you didn't understand a lot and you were, it was a little confusing. Um, I, I would definitely, I would encourage you and I would almost, um, you know, I would almost challenge you to, to learn more about it and actually get to the point where you can kind of understand a little more about what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, because then a lot of these things are going to make a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Awesome. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. And uh, guys, we'll, we'll end it off here. But I thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. The discussion in today's podcast is our personal opinion. While we both may have interest in the stocks we talk about, therefore, we do not endorse anyone to buy or sell stocks based on what they hear. This podcast is for informational purposes only, not for the purpose of providing specific financial advice.
you may want to seek out a financial professional to obtain financial advice. Thanks, guys. Hit me up on my social medias. The reason this got started is because someone asked me a question and we brought him onto the podcast. Great guy. Check him out. Links in the bio or the names are in the bio. And feel free to reach out with any questions on my social media at Financially Frank. Take care. Thank you. Have a good one.